Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujan. All right, everybody, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Dudes Talk Sports after our mini siesta, our hiatus, our holiday hiatus. Uh, today, we're going to be covering off the playoff picture, the incoming playoffs, how it's looking with the National Football League, who's in, who's out right now, who could sneak in, and then as well as a couple other tidbits from this week as as well as next week. Uh, I am your host, Will Thomas, and along with co-host Chad. Chad, say hello. Hello, people. So Chad right now is fighting some severe abdominal pain. He's going to gut it out through <laughs> us because he's a champ. So let's go in and get into it. Playoff picture. Right now we're looking at the AFC and NFC. We're going to go through each conference um, and say who's in right now, uh, who might be bounced out, and who can honestly sneak in. So AFC, obviously we're looking at Chad. We got the uh, the number one seed right now, KC, Kansas City. Do you see that there's any jeopardy of them falling out right now? Well, so, I mean, honestly, they're only one game ahead of the Chargers. The Chargers dropped a random game this past weekend, um, which was very, very disappointing because I have them in a wins league. Sure. But if they stay at, nine, or I guess, 8-2 and because Kansas City Chiefs haven't had a bye yet, it could be kind of close. They both play the Ravens again. They both play the Ravens. They both play each other again. Mm. And then the Chiefs have a, uh, a road game at the Seahawks, which are a very trendy team. Yeah. But the Chargers also have a road game in two weeks against the Steelers. Sure. So I think that game really kind of shows the medal that the Chargers may have at the time. I mean, the Steelers aren't playing the best football no. and they haven't been all year uh the defense has been coming around but the offense just hasn't seemed to be figuring it out without Le'Veon bell i mean john jay con james connor jay con played great uh for most of the year but that's i think that's a function of the people around him so yeah i don't even know if that will be a good measuring stick we'll really see um they're in week the last week of the season is week 16 when they play the Chiefs at home, uh, who's boss. Mm-hmm. No, I'm like, I honestly think Pittsburgh is one of those teams that are on the cusp. They're not going to fall out by, by no stretch of the imagination, but I think they could honestly lose their spot to the Colts um, in terms of their divisional leader. Um, just because, I mean, shit, it's the Steelers' face who – they close out with the Saints. They have the or they don't close out with the Saints, but they have the Broncos. They have the Chargers. Um, they have the Patriots, and they have the Saints as three of the remaining or three of the remaining five games. So that's a kind of tough thing to put together. And if you just want to kind of look at the Colts' schedule, I mean, they don't have a like any schedule to sneeze at either. They face you know the Jags, who even though at three and seven, their defense is always a tough outing. Um, they have the Texans. They face the surging Cowboys, um, and then the Titans, who can be stymie or not, and depending on how Mariota's arm is, um, that might kind of dictate that game. So I think the Colts right now are playing at a very nuclear level to where they can honestly usurp um, the Steelers. Uh, but moving on downwards. Well, it would, oh, it would be hard for the Colts to push the Steelers um, because I think the Steelers are going to win their division. The Colts would have to really play a lot better than the Texans to win that division. Sure. Um, unless you see the Ravens taking the North. Sure. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 saying? yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, Indianapolis taking that at number two, but they'd have to really push pedal to the metal. Um, uh, but I think right now, obviously, the the South is kind of wide open for the taking. Um, and I think with Houston, that's, that's – You think the, the South big, is wide open? Well, I think that Houston's a big barometer stick for it. I think that if, if – Oh, man, I don't think that the South is wide open really? at all. So I think the Colts are just not there yet. Yeah, you think that Houston just ultimately runs away with that? I, I don't think they're running away. I think everyone in the division is limping, but I think that they limp <laughs> away with it. I think Deshaun Watson takes his surgically repaired ACL and just kind of makes it with Demarius Thomas now you know, at rest. But I don't think that's a great division, but I don't think that the Colts have juice to, to catch up. They're already two games behind. There's only a few games left. There's like five games left. So How dare you even kind of throw in the fact that Jacksonville is limping away? Man, Jacksonville is dead in the water right now. 
Uh, they're still not eliminated from this. They're, they're still technically not eliminated, but, I mean, neither is Atlanta. And Atlanta, I think, is they have a pretty tough stretch in the NFC closing out. They're at 4-7. and seven. They're not going to get in. But uh, I know. I love, like, that playoff picture. Like, still in the hunt. The Raiders are yeah, still in the hunt. Yeah, it's like, come on. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. So, it's like, I mean, every Raiders fan, I'm I, probably, every Raiders fan has every bit of hope that, that Gruden's going to steer the ship around and that everything, it's just not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen at all. Um, right, so who who are your division leaders in? Who who's so you have in the AFC East? You have obviously the Pats, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely the Pats. I don't see anybody kind of mounting. I mean, Buffalo could make a shot. I'm kidding. That's not gonna happen. Um, yeah. AFC, AFC North Steelers, or it's really between the Steelers, Ravens, Bengals. There, I mean, uh, I man, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. I mean, I want to say. Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has a really tough closing out schedule. Those last five games are really kind of doozies. Um, Baltimore schedule is not, not easy as well, um, but I think Baltimore has proven that they can kind of throw it together at the last second and really rely on that defense. That defense is hit or miss. One, one you know, weekend, one week they're they're nuclear, the next they're they're nothing. Um, but that being said, Baltimore is also also going through you know a kind of system change with the, the QB at charge, and if Lamar Jackson keeps playing like Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't know if they honestly bring Flacco back um, in terms of bringing. Wow, that's great. I mean, you think the 120 rushing yards, I mean, that's enough. I mean, Flacco wasn't playing elite football no, anyways. No, but, but, but you, maybe worst case scenario, they see what they have in Lamar Jackson. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But Lamar also, his style gives you a win now type formula because it's like it's something that not a lot of uh, not a lot of D coordinators uh, nor head coaches kind of scheme towards, and he's not like a lot of quarterbacks right now in the league. Um, and so I think right now his style, yes, he's going to throw an interception or two every single game uh, if you let him drop back and throw it twenty five times. But he's also going to give you that 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 modern esque uh, NFL you know gun offense where he's he's running motions, he's running you know pitches, he's doing a bunch of play actions. I think he gives a lot of the teams from here on out a lot of uh, a nightmare fuel to stay awake for and so i don't think i honestly don't think that they usurp pittsburgh um now coming to think about it but they i mean they just both have tough schedules and baltimore has a lot of weird little variables on their side that could really throw wrenches in a lot of teams gears yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see lamar jackson play someone that's not the bengals i mean the bengals if any team in the nfl was going to be upset by a rookie quarterback it was going to be the bengals sure so his interception wasn't terrible. I didn't hate it. It wasn't like a blatant interception, but he was under duress running to the right. I yeah. mean, it was not a terrible interception, but what he did on the ground was phenomenal. 120 mm-hmm. yards, um, almost as many as he had passing, which was like 180 or something like that. But, oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that the Steelers hang on. Their road split has probably been the best that they've had in a long time, 4-0-1 on the road this year, haven't lost yet, sure. which usually, historically, Ben Roethlisberger's terrible on the road. Yeah. Not that he's been good on the road, but he's he hasn't been terrible. And then the Browns, obviously, while they're in the hunt, I think they're out of this. So then the AFC South, that brings us down there. Uh, Houston's and you think the Texans and the Colts are, are fighting for that. And then the AFC West. All right, so we have the Chiefs up top. Mm-hmm. And we have the Chargers. And the Broncos are at 4-6. and six, The Chargers are at 7-3. and three, mm-hmm. And we already know the Chiefs beat like beat the snot out of the Chargers at the beginning of the season, game one of the season. Correct. That was uh, Pat Mahomes coming out party. So do you think that the Chiefs kind of stay there? I do, man. I, I really do. I mean, you're looking at the remaining schedule who they have. I mean, they have the Raiders, they have the Ravens, they have the Chargers, they have the Seahawks, and they have the Raiders. So they face at, at least 2-0 going against the Raiders. <laughs> two, two Raiders. <laughs> you know, Ravens, again, are never an easy out, especially with what I just kind of, you know, the aforementioned of uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, Chargers, obviously – 
You just kind of touched on that. And then Seahawks, man. Seahawks are hit or miss. They're never going to be a nuclear team. I think, honestly, if they face the Chiefs, they get blown out. Um, but I just I, – I don't even think I don't even think the Chiefs are playing football that, that game. Unless it's, it literally is between the difference between a first and uh, second seed. Yeah. I don't think the Chiefs are playing football again. That's, no, that's game. smart. Yeah, that's smart. I think that if it gets to that point – and what's crazy is right after that, I don't think they have to play football and they face the Raiders and they're still going to beat them. So it's going to yeah. be it's going to be nuts. Um, but, yeah, I think the Chiefs ultimately hold on to that. I think, you know, like you said, the Chargers can make a push for it. I mean – Coming up, it's, you're going to really find out what the Chargers are made of in the next few games um, if you haven't already known by now. Uh, but like you said, the Chiefs already blew out and blew them out of the water, you know, week one, and all of a sudden they're back in the hunt. Um, they're only one well, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure anybody was expecting that. Honestly, no. No one was expecting no, that. No, no, no. We, we have a, some good tape on Pat Mahomes. He's lost two games now, and we see – I mean, he lost to some pretty – some pretty brilliant play call. I mean, Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. So that's yeah. like two really great people to call from. Okay, so then we have our four guys. Mm-hmm. Who are our other two guys that slip it in? The wild cards. So, I mean, if we're looking at right now, we have Casey, Pittsburgh, New England, and then Houston, Andy, probably Houston. Uh, our, our two wild cards, I think the Chargers get in, man. I, th- I really do. Um, yeah, I think that, I yeah. like that. I like that. That's a good team. Yeah. It's a good team. I like that. It's a good, solid team. Plus, it's I mean, Philip Rivers is 900 years old, and he's still playing at a nuclear level. Um, obviously, he's kind of faltered last game. He has he's had his few duds, but that's I mean, it wouldn't be a Philip Rivers year if that wasn't the case. Um, I think that number six spot is what's open for the taking. I think it could be Baltimore. I think it could be or it could be Indy. Uh, you're looking at the remaining quote unquote contenders uh, with Cincy, Miami, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, I don't think is going anywhere. Miami, I don't think is going anywhere. Cincy, I, it's Cincy, man. I don't think that the, the amazing uh, signing of Hugh Jackson as the special assistant to the head coach of uh, Marvin Lewis is going to provide any benefits other than against the Browns. Um, so I think that Baltimore ends up sticking it. Um, but I mean, this, the Colts are just playing, you know, out of their mind right now offensively. Uh, obviously, their defense has never been one to sneeze at ever since Bob Sanders and all, you know, Bob Sanders and Co. kind of left White Franey and all them. Um, but I think that it's something to be said with Reich and uh, his offense he's putting under Andrew Luck. Um, I think they could honestly take that six spot. But if I had to put betting money on it, I would say Baltimore and their defense, along with rookie quarterback sensation Lamar Jackson, stick it out at six. So, okay, I love everything that you said and all the things that you went there, but I am going to go like just a slightly different way. I think the Colts definitely make it. Okay. I think because they play the Dolphins yeah. at home uh, at, at Indy. They play the Jags. They play the Texans. They play the Cowboys, and they play the Giants. Ooh. So I have them. They're definitely three and two. Ooh. And so they definitely go nine and seven, but they could upset <laughs> – they could easily upset the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are easily upset. So yeah. I could see them going 4-1, and one, fishing at the thing. Whereas, in contrast, the Chargers, while I like them to make it, they have a rough schedule. I mean, they yeah. play the Ravens, very physical team, the Chiefs, the Steelers. They could lose to the Bengals. I really don't see them doing that, sure. but they could easily lose to the Bengals. And then they have the Cardinals, just, just one free game. Yeah. I whereas, th- the Ravens get to play the Bucks, the Raiders, the Falcons and the Chiefs. So the Chiefs will be their tough game and then a humongous game week 17 could is which is probably will decide someone who makes the playoffs someone who doesn't is the Ravens Chargers. Sure. No, I think that man Baltimore I think this next game you said the Chargers face Baltimore next, right? So I think that that game No, 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 no. the Char- the Chargers 
they that's the last game of the season. Chargers oh, okay, face Arizona you. next yeah, week. Yeah, I got you. So I think that man, I mean it's it's good money. I mean one thing is I've already gone through the entire roller coaster spectrum of the Colts. I said that the Colts were going to invade the AFC North, leaving their division of the South and upseat. Uh, Pittsburgh, which obviously isn't correct because that was an error on my part. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought I said that they were definitely going to get in, and now all of a sudden I'm like, ah, I think Baltimore's got it. But now that you make some good points with their schedule, you know, coming back, I think, man, it, there's there's something that I just can't shake the fact that Indy has a really good chance to make noise in the playoffs just because their offense is playing lights out right now. Yeah, their defense is is very middle tier. Yeah, yeah, very could lose could you could hang thirty on them one week and then the next week they just their pass rush is out of control. Oh yeah, so I mean I think that Indy is in that that sweet spot um, that Green Bay was in a few like quite a few years back when they were relying quite in, a few yeah years quite back. a few years back yeah when they when if Green Bay's offense scored thirty you were good you were good because the other team's definitely going to score above twenty. But as long as Aaron Rodgers can play like Aaron Rodgers, he was he's you're going to be fine. And I think Indianapolis is in that point right now to where if Luck's on fire, which he is right now, everything's humming, everybody's healthy, then then great, you know. But and if their defense can have a good game, no, nothing crazy, but just a, a respectable game, get after the quarterback, make some plays, get a turnover or anything, I think that they have a really good shot at getting into the playoffs. So I'm back on board. I think Indy boots out Baltimore. Fuck you, Baltimore. Uh, and it takes that sixth spot. So that's my opinion on it. Nice. All right. Well, that's I, – I think it's a great – those three teams, I think, are my wild card faves as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. All right. Moving on to the NFC. Who are your four dudes that are just going to – they're just making it in? Uh, well, I mean, I think New Orleans might scrape in for a wild card spot. That's my opinion. Are you sure? I'm uh, not sure. I don't think New Orleans is there. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they have a pretty rough schedule um, closing out. I don't want to kind of name names, but they're uh, – I, I think that they face the Bucks. They might face the Bucks. So, yeah, I mean, they, they face the Cowboys. Again, the Cowboys are surging, but uh, it's the Cowboys. Um, Buccaneers, God bless them. Panthers, that's always – like, those divisional matchups, no matter what the record, it's it's nothing that you can't ever just discard unless it's the Bucs. Um, then again, I think what the Saints – was it the Saints who tied the Browns, or were they tied going into overtime and then they lost earlier this year? I can't remember. Yeah, they tied going into overtime and then they lost. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, they face the Cowboys. It's a hard team to face, but I I don't think the Cowboys, even though their defense is really galvanizing at the moment, I don't think that it's going to be anything um, of a super contended <laughs> battle. They face the Bucks. They face the Panthers. Again, really tough matchup. Steelers, really tough matchup, uh, depending on how their offense is playing at the time um, because – uh, their defense gets plenty of takeaways. They get plenty of sacks. They get plenty of pressure plays. Um, but it's it's still the Steelers. You know, their offense one day will hang up 50, and the next day, Ben Roethlisberger throws seven interceptions. Um, and then lastly, the Panthers. So, yeah, quite a few divisional matchups. Only two of them are tough, in my opinion, with the Panthers. You never know. Cam's always hard to play. Um, you have the Cowboys, and you have the Steelers. So they have a pretty tough matchup closing out, but I don't think there's any, any you know, danger in them losing that NFC South. Um, then you have the Rams. Obviously, there's man. Wait, it's not, so, so you have the Saints. Sorry, I'm sorry. The Saints, the Cowboys, and who are the other two? Uh, oh no, Saints, I was Cowboys. just yeah, I was just going over their actual uh, the Saints' actual closing out schedule. Oh, um, so, okay. yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, so right. I think the NFC South, New Orleans, hands down. Uh, okay. The NFC West. Los Angeles, hands down, nothing to be said, or there's nothing more that can really be said about Sean McVay's uh, his impact on that club, and they're just nuclear talent level. I think that you could honestly put, you know, Bill O'Brien back there 
And even though he's whoa, a, whoa, I think, shots fired. No, no, I'm not saying Sean McVay isn't an extraordinary talented head coach, and I don't think that Bill Mc, or Bill O'Brien would be able to do the same thing McVay is doing. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying could have said like Rex Ryan or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill O'Brien's not terrible. No, no, but I'm saying in terms of um, what I want to say in creativity. Uh, oh yeah, yeah in terms yeah, of creativity. So it's, I mean. I think with that squad that they have is insanely talented, and I'm going to like completely revel in the fact that in two years when they have to pay Jared Goff and they have to pay all these other players that are coming, things are going to fall apart at the seams, and that's fine. I accept that. But for right now, it's just awesome to watch and enjoy it. Um, I think they, they take the, AF, or the NFC West. The North, man, I hate saying this. Um Chicago honestly has a really tough closeout of a schedule, man. And I, I think that if one team can take this, I think it's the Vikes. Um, I, I, I know they lost to Chicago um, previously, uh, who the Packers beat. Shout out to the Packers. Um, but I think the Vikes end up taking it, man. I, I really do. I think the Vikes end up taking it. The Vikes have uh, – I think they have, a, they have a match this week against the Packers. They have the Patriots, tough outing. Uh, Seahawks, tough outing. Dolphins, Lions, Bears. Lions, obviously, you know, they're kind of on death's door right now um, on, on a big prove-it battles, but you can never discount them out in an NFC North battle. Uh, Dolphins, I think that they're really relying on Tannehill and seeing where he's going to be at once he finally comes back. I know he's coming back this week, I think. Um, Seahawks, I don't think the Vikings lose to the Seahawks, but I, I, I don't think they lose to the Packers either. But I think that uh, honestly, I like have to disagree with you here. Really? I mean, just I, I have to disagree. With you. I really don't see a complete out of the realm possibility for the Packers making that wild card spot over the Bears. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, over the Vikings. Over the Vikings. No, sorry. I'm so not. The Bears. I think the Bears run away with that division. Really? Because the Bears are playing. I mean, dude, Mitch Trubisky is playing lights out football. Sure. No, I'm not. I'm not discounting that, but I'm saying that the Bears close out schedule. They have against the Giants. Uh, they face the Rams. Yeah. Uh, they face the Packers. Something to be said. I mean, the Packers beat them, but the Packers also had a healthy squad, and they had about a hundred more people than they have on the roster right now. And that bear, well, that Bears team that they played Week One was they, that's a different. They were team. still finding themselves very much yeah. so, um, and they, they, which is weird because in the first half they found themselves, and then the second half they completely lost their identity. Well, Khalil Mack found him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he, he found sna- him, found a, he, he got found very, snack drawer. He got very intimate with he him. Found the pepperidge, pepperidge farm. <laughs> yeah. drawer. And but then, also, Mitch Trubisky missed a ton of passes in yeah, that game. You know, honestly, I cringed. It was cringeworthy, all the open Tariq Cohen's passes he missed. But I'm also going off many, 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 many years of uh, just the ex- to, the many years of experience watching the Bears maintain an NFC North lead and then crumble. But This is not, but this is not your Jay Cutler's Bears. That's what I'm saying. But this isn't, you know, having Lance Briggs and Erlacher in the middle – and you have Rex Grossman at quarterback. This is completely different. Yeah, no, we got Chase Daniel now. Yeah, in the yeah we Chase, Chase Daniel's Daniel. here now. Yeah, before you had Thomas, who was, uh, I can't remember the running back. Oh, they had Cedric Benson and uh, Rex Grossman. And now you have, obviously, Chase Daniels and uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. And then if Trubisky wants to play and enlighten us with his presence, then, show, then so be it. But I think, I mean, I, I think they have a tough schedule closing out. They face the Giants, like I said, obviously. They have the Rams. It's going to be a really hard matchup. Packers, NFC North battle, you never know. 49ers, wham, sorry, buddy. And then you have, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Mullen might, might, might pull it out. But then you have uh, the last game against the Vikings. 
I think if there's any team that can upset the Bears to take it, it it's it's the Vikings, and I honestly can see them doing that. Um, so I right now have them kind of taking it. I think that Green Bay can sneak in to the to the the wild card spots, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, NFC East, it's Dallas all the way, man. It's like as soon as uh, Alex Smith ankle went kablooey, oh, yeah, uh, that was terrible. that was that was rough to watch. The Redskins are on a huge decline. Um, I think AP re-hurt his shoulder on Thanksgiving, but I think came back. But, I mean, I, that's that's your glimmer of hope. You have a 90-year-old running back who can may run for $1,000 or 1,000 yards. So $1,000. Um, $1,000. But, you know, let's move on to the, the wild card spots. Who do you have sneaking into the wild card, man? Ooh, wild card spots are great. You're going to love this. All right. Looking at the whole thing. Mm-hmm. from So I like I, – I really want the Packers to make it. I really do. Um, I don't see them doing it no. just because they have a lot – they have to pretty much win out to yeah. get that wild card spot. But I do think the Seahawks can do it. I think the Seahawks can win out. Sure. And I think they'll be fine. Um, honestly, the Panthers are like a another one that have a pretty easy schedule. They play the Bucks, the Browns. Um, they've played the Saints twice. I don't think that last game the Saints play. So I think they win at least four of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can just take one away from the Seahawks and take one away that second game, or first game against the Saints, I think they're in good shape. I think the Panthers and the Seahawks are my dudes. I think the two makes it. Sure, sure. I have, honestly, whichever – of Chicago and uh, Minnesota, whichever one doesn't win the NFC North, I have the other one making the wild card spot. And Dude, I th- the Bears are winning the NFC North. Mike Ditka just had a heart attack. Look, I believe you, man. How I, dare I you? believe you. I, I'm not. I'm not discounting the great Ditka. Okay, I'm not. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that they could po- or that they will lose to the Vikes. I'm saying it is a very real possibility. Uh, but yeah, that being said, I think one of those two will make that NFC North or the NFC wild card spot, and the other one I think goes to the Panthers. Um, I'll tell you what. If uh, Mitch Trubisky's injury lingers, he had that AC joint sprain this last week sure. on his left non-throwing shoulder. If it lingers, I will concede that point to you. Okay, I, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on your team. That's fair. So I think that <laughs> the Minnesota spot is very telling of this next game coming up. If they lose to the Packers, uh, all bets are off. I, I don't know what's going on anymore in the NFC North because the Packers have now lost. I think Jimmy Graham's has a broken thumb. He's playing with a splint, which he was never good at blocking. So. He's gonna be now twice as bad. What? as – What? Jimmy Graham is like the block of. The yeah, man, he's a ama- he's amazing. Yeah, he's a he's he's, he's like a Rob Gronkowski. So now he's got a splint on his thumb, and I don't know if he's gonna be catching balls, but it's gonna be awesome to watch. Um, Mike Daniels might be lost for the year. Uh, Kenny Clark, our stud defensive tackle, right next to Mike Daniels, um, he had to he left the game, tried coming back, couldn't finish the game. So now all of a sudden, what our defensive line started out with with Muhammad Luol, uh, or sorry, Muhammad Wilkerson, um, Mike Daniels, and Kenny Clark is now, yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's that. well. So I mean, I mean, I guess this was like going to be a later segment in this specific show. But what's what's going on with the Packers? I mean, man, it's uh. W, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm not trying to be a dick, but Aaron Rodgers just looks like shit. The offense no, kind of looks no, like shit, no. and they have the most talented offense <laughs> they've probably had in almost a decade. So uh, no, what's I, going on? I agree. I think that right now there is a uh, <laughs> every year it kind of happens. There's something that c- comes out called. The hashtag Packers, which are spelled P A C K or P A C K I R S, because half the roster ends up going down to shambles. And I no, think, and I yeah, and so I think right now, man, I'll get to the offense in a second. But you're looking at notable 
Um, notable injuries, like I just said. Their defense plays great. Oh, my God. Well, they playing the Rams. Well, I was so impressed when they played the Rams. But they, I was like, the Packers are going to win this game, and they should have won yeah. that game, obviously. Well, that Ravens running back is now yeah, the I, reason that they lost yeah, the game. Yeah, I think there was four games that we've lost by three points or less. And I think that – I mean, those three guys that just shouted along outside our, our defensive line that are out, pretty much are, you know, that that was the, the guts of uh, Mike Patine's defense. Um, you have Nick Perry, who's either injured or not injured, and when he's in now, or when he when he's healthy now, he's still he's playing garbage. Uh, Clay Matthews is, is literally holding it together with what he can. He's still playing at an admirable level for a 32-year-old outside linebacker. Blake Martinez, for getting as much uh, fanfare as he does in terms of being a tackling machine, over-pursues plays. He doesn't play the line physically. Um, that other inside linebacker spot right now is being you know, manned by either a rookie Oren Burks or a second-year strong safety. Um, and it's just you look at our defensive backfield, sure. I mean, on paper, when we had Kevin King in one spot, we had Tremont in the other spot, we have Josh Jackson, we have uh, Jair Alexander. You have all these guys that are electric playmate. Well, not Tremont anymore because he's 900 years old. But you have all these guys that have a lot of juice and a lot of coverage ability, and the rookies are getting a lot of exposure, which is awesome because Jair Alexander made himself worth $80 million by pretty much covering and locking down Brandon Cooks during that Rams game, like you said, uh, the $80 million man for the Rams. And so now you look at our backfield, you have – Josh Jackson, you know, playing perimeter on which I thought would be a spot he was good at, but now you're, he has a lot of focus on him. You have Jair manning the other uh, spot at perimeter. Dude, I mean, you're saying these things, but I I think you're missing the no like no. The I'm gonna, defense is not the problem. I'm, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I promise you. So it's like you have these rookies at starting cornerback. Brashad Breland, the cornerback that we signed, ends up being hurt. He's no longer there, uh, or he's still there, but he's he's hurt right now. You have Tremont kicking from cornerback to free safety, which is okay because he's as liable as Clinton Dix was, in, you know, in the deep half, let alone tackling. And then you have a uh, interchange, whoever it's, you know, the flavor of the week as strong safety. So I say that because our defense is now in shambles, correct? So let's flip over to the offense side, because remember before in a few years ago, I, or I said a few years ago, if Rogers could hang 30, we'd be fine. Our defense could no longer do that yes during the against the rams they were playing amazing they're playing lights out patine was scheming everything i mean perfectly the what's the patriots only put up 30 that, it's 14 to 30 and the reason that you lost is because tremont williams fumbles the ball correct then aaron jones fumbles the ball correct. a week before that ty montgomery fumbles the ball the reason and i've thought this is a theme of them losing the whole time is that they can't keep the ball in aaron Rodgers' hands no no and, and that's i'm not saying why we are at where we are i'm not saying we're at where we are now because of our defense i'm saying moving forward i don't see them getting into that because of their defense as well as their offense. And a lot of people are pointing a lot of fingers at Mike McCarthy saying, yeah, we have the highest rushing per average uh, with Aaron Jones. We have this, we have that. Well, for one week they gave Aaron Jones 20 plus carries. He gets over a hundred plus, or, uh, you know, he gets over a buck plus oh, a yeah, few touchdowns. Yeah. And then the next week they give him eight. So th- there's a lot to be said about that, but there's also a lot to be said at that. Rogers also makes play change calls uh, or play calls at the line. So he's making those calls. He's, he's losing Geronimo and Cobb was everything to Rodgers because Rodgers has a huge inability to not throw to who he doesn't trust. And so with Devontae, there's a reason why Devontae's getting 900 targets a game and how MVS will explode for one game and get nothing the next game. 
And that's because when he has rookie quarterbacks, it's great that he's throwing to because when Geronimo Allison was a rookie, Rodgers threw to him all day because he trusted him. He did all the little things. He came back to the ball. He ran the routes the way the Rodgers wanted the run routes and all that stuff. He had time. Now he still has time. People are thinking he's just getting, you know, they're doing, you know, third and two and they're dropping back for intermediate to deep routes. You know, they're running four verts and Rodgers is getting sacked because he doesn't have time. He's having the ball for at least five seconds. It's just there's, there's an inability to pull the trigger on the open man, whether that be Equinemius St. Brown, whether, not, whether that be, you know, uh, you know, Marcos Valdez Scantling, anybody like that that are running on shallow slants, check downs. I, me and my buddy have always made a huge, huge issue on the fact that Rodgers, you with Rodgers, you will always live by, or live by the sword, die by the sword. The sword being big plays. He is an expert at making big plays, even dwindling down into his mid to late thirties. He he's good at extending that play and finding that guy who's. 40 yards open or 40 yards downfield. That's awesome. But there has been a few or a few interviews and podcasts where he's openly admitted that he hates check down ball because that's not real football. And you can see that in the way he plays. So now that he's 30, you know, six or whatever he is, 36 years old with a gimp knee running around for his life, getting older, not as fast, also being hindered by kneecap. He's still trying to extend the plays that a 28 year old Aaron Rodgers would do and trying to find that big deep play down the field. And he has the attributes to do so, but he's not pulling the trigger. And when they're not open downfield, he has Aaron Jones sitting right in front of him and he's refusing to do that. And so I think Aaron, well, the, the, the rumor here, the rumor that I heard at least is that uh, they're going to approach Josh McDaniels at the end of the season. I really, he, I really hope that doesn't be, I really hope that's not the case. Uh, why? What's wrong with Josh McDaniels? John, I mean, you know, it's it's a hundred percent. It is one million percent dink and dunk football. No, That's what he no. fucking runs. Yeah. It's some bullshit. It's not. It's not bullshit. But if you have one of like the game's most electric passers running one of the most efficient offenses, that says, "Hey, we need ten yards in two plays. We're gonna get six yards here and six yards in the next one." And they have a seventy percent efficiency rating. Like, why would that not be? A good thing for you guys. You want to win football games, well, don't you? Well, I'll split it. I'll split it into. Or do you want? Do you want to win, or do you want to be entertained? I'll split. I'll split it into two things. One. Uh, Josh McDaniels, phenomenal offensive coordinator. Phenomenal. We'll never take that away from him. Garbage head coach. And garbage. You're from his one stint. I'm not saying. I'm not saying from his one stint in Denver. I'm also saying that the anointing that he had for the Indianapolis Colts, and then to turn coat and go right back to daddy, uh, you know, and and stay there and completely go back on his word. I don't want that type of person leading my type of team. You know, and so I just don't want him anywhere near the Packers. He can go have success elsewhere if he does great. You know, shalom, have fun. Um, but that being said, I don't want him anywhere near the Packers. Yes, he's dink and dunk all day, and I love the Patriots' offense, and I wish that the Packers had that. But I think it, there needs to be an amalgamation of creativity and dink and dunk. Because I don't think if you put Rodgers into Brady's offense, I know Brady really blew smoke up his ass saying that he'd have a bajillion yards and a bajillion touchdowns, whereas Brady only has what he has um, if Rodgers played for Belichick. I don't think that's necessarily true if you brought McDaniels over right now because you have to have – it takes two to tango. So McDaniels, sure, if you wanted to implement that dink and dunk, and I'm sure McDaniels is smart enough to realize the talent that he would have in Rodgers to where he would scheme and make it more accessible and open for Rodgers. But I don't think Rodgers wants to play strictly a dink and dunk football game. I, I don't. Even when he has plays where the primary read is open right in the flat or running a slant, he chooses to hang on to the ball or outrun the defensive end that came around the corner and throw it, heave it way downfield. 
And so I think that Rodgers is very much um, very much to blame, as is you know the declining health of the Green Bay Packers, as is Mike McCarthy. I think that the whole team – I forgot who said I think it was Rosenthal said it best. He's like, the, the, the Packers have some very elite talent, but they are just a surprisingly average team. And that, that, that couldn't be – I mean, it's, right now I'm telling you that offense is incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah. No, I, They're incredibly talented. Yeah, no, I think that the attributes that they have, the skills that they have, the skill positions they have – it's great, and but really you have three skilled juggernauts on that team. You have Rodgers, you have Devontae, and you have Aaron Jones right now. If they give him the ball, uh, yeah, that's I think that's a little that's a little. Well, I'm a little, you're, not, He's not a, not, a crazy talent. Well, I, he's I, I, a good talent. He's an average above average running back that's running with it a above above average wide receiver crew. Yeah, all right. So I'll concede that. But I say he, the fact that he's not getting those carries that those reps to kind of enforce that is kind of mind boggling beyond me. But I think outside of that, then you get into the rookie spectrum of you have ESQ, you have MVS, you have those guys who have eye-popping attributes, 6'5", 6'4", 4'3", 4'4", 90-inch wingspan type stuff, great hands, great you know body control, something that I didn't think MVS had a lot of coming out, and he's showing he can. And God, then, he looks he looks great. And then he's wide open on a slant on third and one, and Rodgers chooses to tuck it look deep to Devontae because that's the guy he trusts and all of a sudden he gets gobbled up. So Okay. Well, all right. So let's just say we have all this talent. Let's just say hypothetically McCarthy gets canned. Sure. Who who would you want to replace him? That is a good question. And honestly, <laughs> I hope that this is the Cinderella song for uh for Drew Brees because when Mike McCarthy was initially up for the Packers uh, head coach interview there was another head coach that we or head coach prospect that we interviewed uh, the week beforehand, and he said it was his dream job. That's where he always wanted to play or where he wanted to coach, and he had all this talent coming in. Do you know who the head coach was? I, I hope you're not going to tell me it was Sean Payton. It was Sean Payton, and so Ooh, that one hurts. That hurts. So that hurts me because that team, that team is surprisingly very not talented. The Saints' well, that, offense is surprisingly not well, talented. They have gonna, four good players, and that's it. I'm going to get to that because. I love Sean. I, I love Sean in that spot, right? But a lot of people forget that there was a few putrid seasons for the Saints where they went like seven and nine, seven and nine, or seven and nine. And I love Sean Payton, and I love their offensive coordinator right now. Um, but honestly, it's slim pickings. I mean, I mean, who would you who would you choose? Honestly, if if the Packers are in a position, do you think they go collegiate? Do they, do they go after you know? Boomer Sooner's old old buddy Baker Mayfield's old head coach. Do they you know do they stick around? Do they hire an OC? Do they hire a DC? You know what do you think? Who do you think? Uh, well, I personally think right now they do have. I think Josh McDaniels would be a great head coach there. Okay, he would fit in that spot really well. He is a savant, like an offensive savant. Um, sure. I also really like um, the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. I like the offensive coordinator for um, the Eagles as well. Sure. But um, I don't think that Mike McCarthy is the answer anymore no. just because the plays are so – the plays, the play calling <laughs> Dude, is, is so it's, it's so it's so rudimentary. It's the same shit over and over again. And you can tell. It's like even if they kind of change up the plays, you could tell just based off the cadence and the rhythm of the game what the next play is going to be. If it's a run, the next play is going to be a pass. If it's a pass on first down, then the next two plays are going to be runs. It's just you know rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And I think that Mike McCarthy, while being a phenomenal head coach, a phenomenal leader of men, I think it's time to get 
to get new blood. I think that that relationship has grown very stale amongst players and coaches. And I hope that whatever player, whatever coach comes in, if McCarthy is let go, keeps Patine because Patine has been making chicken oh, yeah, soup Patin's out of oh, yeah, he's, he's making chicken soup out of chicken shit. And we have Patine. Patine looks good. yeah, we have phenomenal youth on our defense, but you could tell that they're youth and Patine's putting. Oh, who's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs? Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, that guy's well, killing another me, and another guy who was rumored for the head coaching position was Filippo, but I don't think that Filippo gets anywhere out of the Vikings. I think that if the Vikings don't make the playoffs, Zimmer's canned and Filippo's promoted. That's my honest opinion. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I would rather go to that Andy Reid coaching tree. He is yeah, such a creative guy. Yeah. I mean, he's always been known for being creative and talented Agreed. as an offensive mind. All right. Well, speaking of the Chiefs, um, two teams have beaten the Chiefs. We just saw the Rams last Monday night in a phenomenal record-setting game, uh-huh. and then the Patriots. So how are these teams beating the Chiefs? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the Chiefs are more talented than the Patriots, and the Chiefs are probably similarly talented to the Rams, but the Rams pretty handily... I mean, the game is close, but it's it was not as close as it looks on paper because the Rams scored 12 points on defense. Yeah, and the Chiefs had to dig themselves out of the de- or out, out of yeah. their own hole. Yeah, they could have. The they could have given more time. They probably. Oh could've. yeah, absolutely. But you could see that there were there were lapses where, you know, when the Rams caught fire, they would definitely pull away, and then they would kind of ice out a little bit, or the Chiefs would make a play, vice versa on defense. And I just man, that I really don't see. I think the way to you see the dominance, though, yeah, right? you see the Chiefs dominance, yeah, absolutely. And I think the a team that to beat the Chiefs is going to have to be a Rams or a Saints type caliber team that's going to play. Why do you think? So why do you think the Saints? What I mean, you have to explain to me. The Saints. Well, I'm gonna say it's got to be one. You have to have an offense that can play keep up, or more more importantly, put keep away because that's what the Rams did, and that's what the Saints did. The Rams, honestly. And so, uh, and that's what the Pats. I so the keep away thing. I think the Pats did that to the Chiefs. That's how they correct. beat them. They wanted to be sure. Hey, we just want to be the last person to have the ball at the end of the game, and that's correct. it. Correct. And so I think that the Saints, the Ram, obviously the Rams, but I think the Saints have the absolute offensive juggernaut to put away the Chiefs. They either, they have the heavyweight right hand to contend with the Chiefs' heavyweight right hand. Uh, but the Saints' defense is playing surprisingly well, man. Um, and. You know, well, yeah, they're playing now. This back half of the season, yeah. they're playing a lot better than they were. Yeah, the first, the first half games. they were abysmal, but now you can really find themselves kind of, you know, getting their footing and really sticking it. And you even oh, shit, you have players like Chris Banjo making plays. You know, a former practice squad guy from the Green Bay Packers is now the starting strong safety, and he's making good plays. He's not giving up a tremendous amount, um, but I think that. To beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to have one of those type of teams, one of those ones that just catch fire. Even if they're not catching fire, it's like you look at the Saints and the Rams, you go, yeah, I, I can see that. But if you look at you know somebody like shit, the Vikings, you go, ah, I don't see that. You know, you just it's it's hard to to really see that type of dominance over that type of team. So all right, so then we look at the Chiefs. They are probably going to end up the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, there's a, there's a they're really close to the Pats. Mm-hmm. Um, Separated by a game, and they're obviously close to uh, close to the Chargers. I'm not sure that I see either of those teams really taking that up, but it could happen. But you know, if things progress the way they're, who do you think goes into Arrowhead, AFC, and has a shot to beat the Chiefs? Mm, so you're talking about playoff football? Um, yeah, I'm talking about AFC Championship. Game. Uh, so we're talking about AFC Championship. Man, I really don't see the Steelers being able to 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 contend this because I think their defense, well, defense, their defense yeah, would be okay, Swiss cool. cheese, man. Um, 
I think like I mean, like we just talked about, you have somebody like the Patriots who knows how to scheme around a talent like the Chiefs. Um, they've already done it once this year. Uh, yeah, and they actually. So that's the other thing is uh, to note is they both both those games that they lost the Chiefs they had multi turnover games. Sure. So the Chiefs got Pat Mahomes throw two interceptions in the first half. I mean that's a Bill Belichick. We knew he was going to come with something spicy. So sure. And I think that a team like if the Ravens can really muster down that defense, I don't think that they can contain the Chiefs. Um, but uh, it really just it remains to be seen whether that offense what that offense can be explosive or like explosive wise. Um, with with Lamar Jackson, but a fun, fun, fun matchup that would kind of take place would be the Chiefs versus the Texans or the Chiefs versus the Colts because those offenses would just be bananas. And I think that Pat Mahomes right now is in a position that before last year when Watson went down with his ACL injury, they were anointing him the new face of the league. You know, they were like, oh, Watson's playing this amazing as a rookie. He's this, he's that. Um, and then all of a sudden tears his ACL and then, you know, that was that. And so I know that now they're down Will Fuller because Will Fuller went out with an ACL, but they have Demaryius Thomas, and then they have some guy you know on the other end of the the, the wide receiver spectrum who's all right, I guess. Um, but it's like I think the the Texans can make a lot of fun noise uh, arrowhead, but I think that the Colts, uh, with their way their offense is playing, man, that would be a fun back and forth heavyweight fight. Yeah, I like the Patriots. That would be I think. Uh, I think it's the best bet. Yeah. Yeah, best bet, or even the Chargers, depending on the health of like say hypothetically. Kareem Hunt or Tyreek Hill gets injured and they're like pull or groin or whatever. I think that the Chargers could take him down. Sure. Sure. And they could. Melvin Gordon, even though he's injured, he he's like a master center 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 for. All right, so we we're we're kinda running short on time here. Let's skip we had the what's wrong with the Patriots segment. We'll skip over that mm. and let's talk about the Amari Cooper effect. Like what's going on in Dallas? How is it happening? And are is Jerry Jones right or is he lucky? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that you'd have to be a fool not to recognize Amari Cooper's talent level out in Oakland. I mean, yeah, he kind of, this year and last year he had a lot of whoopsie daisies drops. Um, but the the talent is still there that shows why he was such a dominant figure his rookie year. You know, and I think that with now it I'm just surprising he's catching on this quick to the Dallas offense but you can see the benefits um it, I mean they're force they're force feeding dude, the ball I mean it's working it's totally they're working. force feeding yeah right. they're force feeding him the ball right now so they're throwing targets his way and they're not throwing a lot of intricate stuff it's ends it's outs it's slants it's stuff like that I mean shit that that 90 yard catch and run was I want to say like I want to say it was I an, think it was a slant yeah it was, yeah, a, slant. It was a slant he slant. caught it the guy yeah. fell down and he just t- he took off um and which slant and cover too. I mean, yeah. you're not going to, I mean, and then Clinton Dix, good old Clinton Dix, ex Green Bay Packers quarterback, <laughs> obviously couldn't catch up, but I think you're, you're having two effects. Um, you're having the Zeke effect, which is obviously, you know, allowing Amari Cooper just to kind of run and do his thing because a lot of people are crowding line because of Zeke, but it's also now that Amari Cooper is playing and playing well, it's going to have the reverse effect. So now Zeke's going to now face only eight man boxes instead of nine man boxes. And oh, so man, Zeke's in, dude, yeah, he's playing mind. out of his mind. So I think that I do think that Jerry Jones knew what he, what the talent was in Amari Cooper. I think he might've blown his load in what he traded for him. But if I think he could have got, yeah, he probably could have got something for less. Oh yeah. You know? it, it, well, I was surprised that even though that's what set the market right before the trade deadline, that nobody else kind of went for that type of, a value, so you could you could see that he overpaid for him, um, but I mean he's proven he does that he does yeah. he, you know of all people that pay, overpay for wide receivers exactly. it's, it's jerk yeah so it's like I think right now it's it's a great pickup right now but it remains to be seen if I know you say consistency 
Um, if that can be a consistent production aspect for the Cowboys, then great. You know, shalom, have fun. That's a great investment. But I think right now it's a bit of luck and a bit of skill acumen. I think it's just it's just uh, what's that the honeymoon effect? I think that's when you start dating someone. Yeah, it's like everything's great. So I think it's kind of like the honeymoon effect. There's not a lot of tape of him playing yeah, that's true. for the Cowboys. I mean, they have a great running back, and they I mean, who's their wide receiver too? I mean, it's like they're Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley. Yeah, yeah. I don't fucking like that offense is not going to be good for very long. Once people start doubling Amari Cooper, I mean, sure. And then you still keep eight in the box on Zeke. Uh, I don't know. You can man the other person. It's well, like not a big deal. Well, Swain's injured. Yeah. It's a good point though. The honeymoon effect. Cause I mean, as soon as people, as soon as the Cowboys, you know, the boys nation start, uh, seeing Amari Cooper and his, his downfalls, you know, his, his concentration drop issues, uh, his blocking, that type of stuff. I, then at that point, once that causes an effect on the game and they're not winning and whatnot, then you'll see people start souring. But, for right now, it's it's a good a good pickup. All right, we're here at the end of the segment here, so or actually end of this end of, end of this cast. So let me ask you just two questions. We're gonna call it. Oh, I just want you to be completely objective, okay? Well, I don't want you to be a fan right now. Gotcha. I don't want you to. All right, Seahawks at Panthers. What's the score? Who wins and why? Just real quick. Um, I think that the Seahawks end up winning. Seahawks have proven to give the Panthers fits, um, especially with tracking down. They they have surprising amount of speed on their defense. Um, tracking down Cam and his read options. I think that they win a match 21-17. Oh, that's a good one. Actually, I like the lows. I like the 38-point the total. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the absolute, I think personally, this is my personal belief, if the Packers don't win this game at Minnesota, I think they're out of the playoff yeah. race. So who wins this game and what's the score? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings win this game, and I do believe it's going to be 31 31- Two twenty-one. Wow, you have like you're a pessimistic Packers. Fan. I am, I am very much so. All right, man. Well, that's it for us on Dude Talk Sports. Uh, we talked playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. We talked Amari Cooper trades, and uh, we'll be back at it next week to just review what's going on now. Hopefully, we get another week close to the playoffs. Another a great week of football. Agreed, agreed. I can't wait for tomorrow. You can follow us on Instagram at Dude's Talk Sports. Uh, you can go to Twitter. I think it's. Oh, like Instagram's dudes underscore talk sports, Twitter dudes talk sports. Uh, and then if you want to hit us up, give us your predictions, give us what you thought about uh, my roller coaster selection of the Colts and their process throughout the <laughs> season. You can go to talking sports dudes at gmail.com. Send us your comments, send us your questions, add us on all of our social media stuff. This is dude talk sports. We out of here. See ya. See ya.